worship him with us today. Come on and give him praise. Worship with us today. The reason you have life is because of him. The reason we can stand in freedom is because of him. The reason we have hope that this is not the end is because of him. Life. Life is so precious. Amen. If you're here for the very first time and you filled out one of those prayer cards, we are so glad. We're so glad that you're here. And we want to, we want to take them up. So if you fill out one of those first-time attender cards or prayer cards, hold that up real, real high right where you are. We're going to take them up real quickly. Got some right there in the middle, all the way down here in the front. All right. Now we I need I've got a very, very important message. So I need everybody's undivided attention. All right. The devil's going to tempt you to talk, deny him. Say amen. This is very important, very important. As a matter of fact, I'll even say this. I'll even say this with all, uh, uh, all truthfulness. This is life and death. This is life and death. This subject that we're talking about today is so critical, it's life and death. I, uh, I, I had the opportunity two weeks ago, two, two Saturdays ago, not yesterday, but the Saturday before, to go to the first source for women, uh, women's uh, uh, clinic, uh, women's center down in Hansville, Alabama. I didn't even, I didn't even know it was down there for a long time. One of our church members uh, volunteers down there and works down there, and uh, and and it is a place that that takes in and helps and and ministers to young women who have found out they 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 are pregnant and they are in a crisis situation. And, and it is amazing to me, and I'm going to share some more numbers that goes with that later on in the, in the service, uh, but I want you to be thinking about life, thinking about life. It's so important. God is the author of life. Amen? So we're going to pray. We're going to pray, show you a little short video clip, and please help me. Please help me. I need your undivided attention. It, it, I expect kids to talk in church, but not adults. Amen? You can talk, this won't be 30 minutes, and you can talk all you want afterwards, and then we can, we can go from there, amen? So help us out with that, and, uh, and, and we will, we will I, I promise you, God's going to touch your heart, amen? Father, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for your blessings, your mercy, your goodness, your grace. Help us now. Help us to pay close attention. Lord, I pray that you'll keep, uh, the devil's going to try to make us cough and holler and and cry, babies cry, and Lord, don't let us have no distractions. Lord, we, we, the, 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 the devil's going to do all he can to keep truth from being heard today. And I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Touch every heart, touch every mind, touch every soul today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated.
you listen to scientists, if you listen to atheists, if you listen to evolutionists, they would tell you that 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 you just saw was just a piece of tissue. That was just uh, uh, a piece of organic matter. And the reason they feel that way is because they deny the fact that there is a God in heaven. And the Bible says, in Genesis, it says, In the beginning, God. Before there was anything, before there was anything on anything, in the beginning, God. Then it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, people want you to believe that all that you see, all that you experience, all that's revealed in nature, all that's revealed in creation came here because there was an explosion and boom here it is I challenge you I challenge you to take it takes as much sense to believe that is to take your watch take all the parts out of your watch all the springs all the pieces all the all the 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 bearings everything that you see take that watch and put it in your dryer turn it on and see if a watch pops out say amen that's not going to happen that's not going to happen uh listen we did not come from a lizard say amen we did not come from an amoeba that crawled out of the ocean somewhere, crawled out of a pond somewhere, crawled up on the earth, and then we turned into monkeys, and then they're hanging from their tail, and now here we are. That didn't happen either. I had several of my relatives hang from their neck, but none of them hang from their tail. Say amen. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. I walked around, I walked around that, that, that women's center, and honestly, I was, I was almost trembling on the inside. Because I knew what was taking place. I knew the fight that was going on in this place. I knew the struggle that was going on in this place. I knew the difficulty that they were facing fighting for the lives of the unborn children. You say, oh, but preacher, if it's unborn, you know, uh, what, what the Bible says that God spoke to the prophet and he said this, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. I knew thee. And I believe in life. I don't know about you, but I enjoy life. I'm glad to be alive. I don't have everything I want. I haven't gone everywhere I want to go. I had not seen everything I want to see. But what I have so far, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Are y'all with me? I love life. What do we need to know about life? What do we need to know about life? Just three things real quickly I want to share with you. Then I'm going to share you one more video. Number one, I want you to see the beginning. I want you to see the beginning. Say that now. Now remember, the more you get with me, the quicker I'll go. Y'all remember that? Say amen. So first we see, number one, we see the, the beginning. The beginning. All the way back, if we want to go all the way back, figure out where we come from and how we got this place, The Bible says in Genesis chapter number 1, in verse number 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. Now it said, Let us. He wasn't talking to the angels. He was talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. They got together and had a building committee and decided to make a man. Say amen. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing, 
and that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, male and female. So what's the point? That creation and life, the beginning of life, it began with God's desire. Say that with me. It began with God's In other words, God came up with the idea of life. This was God's agenda. This was God's plan. This was not something that just spontaneously happened. It was in the mind and the heart of God that we would be alive. It started with God's desire. I enjoy an ice cream today because it was in God's plan for it to happen. I enjoy a sunset because it was God's idea. I enjoy the embrace of a loved one because it was God's idea. I enjoy the things of life. I enjoy my children. I enjoy sports and hobbies. Why? Because it was the idea of God. God came up with a plan of life. Say amen. It was God's desire. God wanted us to be happy. God wants us to have joy. God wants us to experience life. God put things in the garden that we would enjoy. God put things in the garden so we could survive. God put things in the garden so we could have a big time. I don't know about this Christian group running around looking miserable every time you see them. They don't have a smile on their face. That's not the plan of God. He said, I come that you might have life. John 10, 10, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Say amen. Life is God's plan. Life was God's desire. Not only was it God's desire, it was God's design. Write that down. It was God's design. It says also in Genesis chapter number 2, in verse number 7. Now in Genesis 1, God told us he done it. In Genesis chapter 2, God shows us how he did it. All right? He said in Genesis 1, let's make him. In Genesis 2, he says this is how we did it. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So what happened? God reached down into this earth. God reached down into this earth. And, uh, and, uh, and here we go. He digs down in that clay. He digs down in that mud. He digs down in that dirt, and he starts forming a human body. How many of y'all ever, anybody in here ever take pottery? Raise your hand, took pottery. My goodness, there was only three in the other one, too. Well, I did. Call me a sissy, call me what you will. But there was a girl in there pretty as a speckled puppy. Amen? And it was worth the risk to take pottery. Amen? And, 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 and I took that class, and, and the first thing we had to do, first thing we had to do was, was go into that bucket, go into that barrel, and dig down deep in that old nasty-looking mud and pull it out and start forming it. And, boy, I, I, thought, about, I thought about God. In his divine plan, and his divine architectural work, and his divine design, he took mud and he made you and me. What a God we serve. Say, oh, that's not that big a deal. Let me, let me share just a thought with you, just a second, about the human body. About the human body. Uh, one square inch of skin. Y'all with me? I like that. One square inch of skin contains 20 blood vessels, 65 muscles, 78 nerves, 78 sensors for heat, 13 for cold, and 160 for pressure, 650 sweat glands, remember, how big? Inch, 
1,300 nerve endings and 19,500,000 cells in one square inch of skin. The skin serves several purposes, including providing a protective shield against bacteria and viruses and the absorbing of bumps and bruises uh, that might otherwise damage your bones and eternal organs. And in that inch of skin, your sweat glands in your body do double duty. It helps to eliminate waste and cool your body. So it's a bathroom and an air condition all at the same time. One inch of skin. Y'all with me? Now watch this. How about your brain? How about your brain? I've been told several years I had one. But I, I, this is what the brain. It's approximately three pounds. And it stores. You think you got a computer? You think your iPhone is something? Your brain can store a hundred trillion bits of information over the course of 70 years. The storage capacity is roughly equal to 500,000 sets of Encyclopedia Britannica's, which if stacked would stretch out over 442 miles. Uh-huh. But watch this. Your brain does all of this and uses less power than a 100-watt bulb. Church, say amen. Your ears. A piano has 88 keys. But each of your ears has a keyboard with 1,500 keys. They are also so finely tuned that you can hear the blood running through your vessels. Your eyes are capable of seeing, if it's a, a, an undamaged eye with 20-20 vision, you're capable of seeing a small candle flame from 30 miles away on a clear, dark night. You can distinguish among more than 300,000 different color variations. And we see people dressed the way they do. Unbelievable. Your nose can smell one drop of perfume diffused through a three-room apartment. Are y'all with me? It is no wonder. It is no wonder David said in Psalms 139, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. There's things about the human body scientists still haven't figured out. You know why? Because there's a great God in heaven who designed it all. The beginning of life. It was God's desire. It was God's design. Not only the beginning of life. You say, well, preacher, I get all that. God started it. You know, he wanted us to enjoy life. He wanted, But why am I so miserable? Why is life so difficult? Why is there so much pain? Because, see, in the beginning, God created life, and he designed life, and he wants us to experience life. But somebody creeped in the garden. The very first creeper. The Bible calls his name Satan. The devil. Lucifer. Beelzebub. The Bible said he came into the garden. He came into the garden. And he deceived Eve. And you got to understand. You say why did he deceive Eve? Let's look at. Jesus' description of the devil to understand more of why he did what he did. When, when Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and he was describing the devil, this is how he described him. In John 8 verse 44, it says, Ye are of your father the devil. He's talking to the Pharisees. And he said, And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer. Say that with me. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him, 
when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a, he is a, and the father of it. Jesus says he's not only a murderer from the beginning, he is a liar and the father of all of them. Not only that, but in John 10, 10, it says the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. So Jesus has already labeled him three ways. He's a liar, he's a thief, and he's a murderer. And the thief and the liar and the murderer came in the garden where man was experiencing life, where man was enjoying life, where man was getting along with their, hu- their husband and wife getting along, say amen. Not one time, not one time did Eve complain about Adam's socks on the floor, say amen. Not one time did Adam complain about the apple souffle till the thief showed up. Did y'all notice that? Not one issue was there found. Not one issue was there written. But right after the thief showed up, sin entered into the world, and Adam went to blaming his wife. Hello. What happened? The thief showed up. The murderer showed up. We have pain in this world because of the thief and the murderer and the liar. And guess what? He hadn't stopped telling lies. We have husbands and wives fighting and fussing and carrying on because they're listening to the lies of the devil. Oh, if he loved you, he wouldn't have acted that way. Oh, if she loved you, she would take better care of you. Oh, if it was this. Oh, if it was that. You need to tell the devil to stop lying and go back to hell where he came from. He's a murderer, he's a liar, and he's a thief. And he's telling young women today, get rid of your baby because your life's never going to be the same. Get rid of your baby and everything will be all right. And all of this stuff, and why? He's a murderer. I don't blame the children. I don't blame the women. I don't blame the situation. I blame the devil. He's a murderer. That's what he's all about. You say, why does he hate human beings so much? There's a long story to this, and I'm going to give you the short version. Short version. And, and, and this is the deal. Satan had a job. His name was Lucifer. Say that with me. His name was? There's only three named angels in the Bible, three named archangels in the Bible, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Michael was the angel of might. He was a powerful war angel. He was the one that was the bad dude. Uh, then you have Gabriel. He was the messenger angel. He was the one that delivered messages uh, to the, those that, that God sent him to. Then we have Lucifer. He was the majestic angel. He was the angel who could sing like nobody's business. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven. Nobody could be compared to his glory. And listen, he was there to reflect the glory of God. He was the worship leader. He was the worship pastor in heaven, if you will. And he was there to glorify God till he was lifted up in pride and he fell because of his beauty. God kicked him out of heaven. God said, you're no longer, you're you're, you're fired. You're fired. Say, what's the big deal? What's that got to do with me? You got to understand something. You got to understand something. The next one that God hired was made out of dirt. Y'all with me? What do you mean? I mean this. How would you feel? How would you feel if you was highly educated? If you was highly talented? You had skills beyond imagination. And here you are working for this company. And you get canned. Hit the road, Jack. You get fired. And you're in your office gathering up all your stuff in your office. And you get your box and you're fixing to walk out. 
and the biggest goober you ever saw walks in your office and sits down in your desk and says, here I is. That's exactly what happened. Oh, come on. I'm telling you, the devil is powerful. Satan is still powerful. He is still mighty. He is still an incredible force. But we are made of dirt. And we took his job. Satan hates you. And do you understand why he wants to destroy the human population? And he wants to destroy little babies? Is because every single human baby born has the potential to bring God more glory. So he's lying. He's murdering. We see there is the beginning. God wants us to have life. He's the author of life. But then there's the battle. Satan is deceiving. Satan is destroying. He's destroying. The thief cometh but to kill, steal, and, say it with me, destroy. But I'm come that you might have life. You say, preacher, that's sad. It sure is. So what do we do? It's already been done. In the beginning, God originated life. In the beginning, God come up with the idea of life. But then the creeper came. And he lied. And he deceived. And he's still doing that today. Young women are being deceived by the multitude. Though everything will be better now. And they're being haunted. And they're being, listen, tortured by memories. It's all part of Satan's plan. Well, preacher, what? here's what I believe. I believe whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I believe this. I believe if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I said all unrighteousness. I said all unrighteousness. I'm always very, this is not my comfort zone. I don't even, I don't, I don't think I've ever preached a message on abortion. I don't think I ever have. Because in my heart, my mind is so sensitive toward those that have gone that route and have made mistakes before. And, 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 and so I, I know and I understand that. And I don't do it because I don't want them to feel guilty and live with torture in their mind because God don't want them to live that way. Well, how do you know that? I'll tell you. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Paul. He murdered more Christians than anybody. You with me? He did it in, in, in unbelief. He did it in ignorance. And this is what he said. This is how he classified himself. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. In other words, there's no sinner as bad as I was. But this is what he said. He said, God forgave me and saved me to be an example to all. Let me translate it. Paul said, if God can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. But didn't he have a conscience? Didn't he have stuff that bothered him? I imagine so. 
I imagine he remembered the screams of those that were burning at the stake. I imagine he remembered the begging and the pleading from those that were fed to lions. I imagine he remembered all of that stuff. But this is what he said. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. And I said this in every service. I want everybody in here to know this is not about condemning. This is not about judging. This is not about criticizing. Because, listen, he without sin casts the first stone. This is about motivating each other to do something about it. Because there's no doubt in my mind in 1,200 people, there's several, several, several that's either, either experienced an abortion or you've gone through it or you've faced it. Listen, this is not about guilt. This is about motivation. You mean to tell me God would forgive me? He already did. On the cross of Calvary, thousands of years before your failure, God already forgave you. Three times. Three times since I've been here at Temple. I was either called to a house or they came to the office or three young ladies found out in their hearts the bad news. And there they was weeping and broken hearted and in a crisis. And you can ask any of them. I didn't condemn them. I didn't criticize them. I didn't preach a sermon. I just wrapped both my arms around them. And we just squalled together. And they said, Preacher, what are we going to do? I said, We're going to make it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make it. Because, see, the devil is sitting there telling them their life is over but he's a liar. Just like right now in this service, there may be somebody here that's facing abortion and the devil's telling you, you see, nobody loves you, nobody cares about you. You need, to, you need to feel guilty. Don't listen to a liar. God doesn't forgive us for us to stay in a state of guilt. The only reason he convicts us or that we do feel guilty is so we'll come to him to get forgiveness. Then it's over with. It's done. How you know? The Bible says, How much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works? In other words, those failures and those mistakes. How much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works so that you can serve a living God? So that you can go forward. I'm glad there's no sin black enough that God's red blood can't turn white as snow. Don't listen to the liars. Because we're in a battle, thank God for the blessing of life. In the beginning, God came up with the idea. Then came the devil and the battle began. The battle for life, the battle for hope, the battle for joy, the battle for peace. But then one day on a hill called Calvary, 
the most popular verse that's ever been pinned down in the, in the scriptures. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting You see, in the beginning, God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of, the breath of, and man became a living soul. Then came the creeper, and he lied, and he deceived, and he stole life. Because the Bible says, in the day that ye eat that fruit, ye shall surely die. It was talking about a spiritual death, which ultimately lead to a physical death. And he stole life from mankind. But on a hill called Calvary. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but, let me, let me paraphrase it, but have everything the devil stole in the beginning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everything that I intended for you to have to begin with. God never intended for man to die. When he gave life, he wanted them to experience life. And how many of y'all are glad that God can give back what the devil stole? I'm going to show you a video. There's a lot of churches that I want to emulate. There's a lot of churches that I want to be like, and there's because of their impact on the world and because of the difference they're making. But there's some I don't want to be like. There's some that I don't want to be like. And this is one of them. Devastating silence from the long-awaited call. Congratulations had confirmed her deepest fear as she gave herself the label, unwed mother, 18 years. And at the church across the street, the band played on, the choir sang another verse of another lovely song. But her world was crashing in apartment 33, and she wondered if she from the church across the street She left her apartment at a quarter after eight Drove a mile to the 
forget but the room where she had lived alone she shares with her regret she sits by the window and longs for something more as she listens to the baby cry in apartment 34 Before I left, before I left the center, and Brother Dave, tell them to come on up. Tell them to come on up. I said, what can we do? What can we do? Because I, I, I'm not really a political type person. I, I, this, and, and by the way, this don't have nothing to do with politics. The election's over. Period. It's over. This is about life. And about what we need to do to help preserve life. Say, preacher, what can we do? There's three things we can do. First, we can vote pro-life. 
I don't care if it's Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever it is, we can vote pro-life. Period. We can vote pro-life. Number two, we can pray. We can pray. Everybody can pray. Anytime you've ever gotten scared and you said, oh my God, whether you knew it or not, you just prayed. We can pray. But the third thing we can do is we can find places like this who are trying their best to make a difference. You go into an abortion clinic and they've got all the high tech, all that money can buy. And I went down into this center where people are trying to make a difference and trying to save lives. And they've got a sonogram machine that looked like Noah used it. It is so old. It is so old you can't imagine. And they have a volunteer that comes and it's only a limited basis and and they have to schedule the appointments. And, and, you say, and, and I asked them, I said, what's the, what's the big deal about the sonogram? And they said, if the mother can ever see the baby and hear its heartbeat, then the chances of her keeping this baby and, and at least adopting it out to a good home, the chances go up drastically. And the machine they have doesn't even have the Doppler, doesn't have the heartbeat. Matter of fact, they can't even train anybody on it because they don't have the materials because it's so old. And I said, what do we need to do? Brother Dustin found, Brother Dustin found a, another church that's willing to help us. They found a brand new sonogram Doppler, the whole deal. And they agreed to pay half of it. The church is smaller than ours, by the way. And they've already come up with their half, and we need $17,000. You say, preacher, that's a lot of money. This is Christmas. I know. Preacher, we've already given through small groups to the link program for Christmas. I know that too. Preacher, next month is Sanctity of Life Month. That's when you're supposed to talk about it. I know that too. My staff told me all that stuff. But I can't help it. I can't wait. This cannot wait. The volunteer they have is going to be moving on and they're fixing to lose their volunteer. First of January, they're going to lose their volunteer. And if they come in and they can't get sonograms, most likely they're not coming back. And that's a baby we're going to miss. And if we can raise this money... Now listen, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I, I know... There's people in this church right now that could pay the whole 17000 not break an eye. I mean, not even blink an eye, not break a sweat. There's some that can pay 5000 There's some that can pay 1000 There's some that can pay 500 There's some that can pay 50 There's some that can pay 10 And I know, I know our church, there's some that can't pay you anything. But you can pray. And you can volunteer. They need volunteers drastically. They need monthly support drastically. And if you're wondering what it's all about, this is what it's all about. This baby was ministered to and is here today because of First Source of Women. Now let me ask you a question. Price this. Put a price tag on this. 
How could you? This is what it's all about. And I want you to help me. I want you to help me. Ain't she pretty? Lights are bright, ain't they? Help me. We're going to do this. Whether you help or not, we're going to do If I have to rob a bank, we're doing this. And Tammy needs me at home, all right? So help me not have to rob a bank. We can do this. I promise you this. Whatever you give, it's going there. It's going there. If we have to buy diapers, food, it's a great place to go check it out. You need to go. I challenge you. You need to go. If there, I can't take you to Africa, and I can't take you to China, but I can take you to Hansville. And you can go down there and see. Oh, be careful. Don't jump now. In the middle of all this deal, in the very first service, Miss Mobley.